0: This is Report to Wyoming.
1: This show targets local issues that matter right here in Nathana County. On this episode, I talk nutrition with Leanne Miller. She is the owner of Eat Wyoming and Fresh Foods Wyoming. She is also the executive director of the Greenhouse Project.
2: My son is actually, he's who started all of this. We got into all of this back when he was wrestling at NC, and he decided he wanted to do a more nutritious diet so he didn't have to Run and spit and do all that stuff, you know, in order to wrestle, like kids were doing at that time. And he said, "I want to wrestle at the weight I am and I want to be strong. So he went into this whole thing, which led to your nutritional
1: journey as a family as a
2: family? Yeah.
1: Yes. You're a Midwestern girl.
2: I am a Midwestern girl.
1: Big family on
2: a dairy farm. Not a huge family. My dad is 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 one of four siblings. My mom is one of seven siblings. They had big families, but we just had three uh, in our family.
1: Would you say growing up on a dairy farm—that's what kind of connected you to maybe this holistic approach that you would later adopt?
2: Always, always did. Always loved the farm. Um, it was a huge dairy farm. In fact, we did. You know, the big silver milk truck would pull up, and it would our our dairy would fill that semi full of um, milk, and then my grandmother did. Somewhere between 500 and 1,000 chickens. So we had an egg business as well. We had other animals. Uh, we did an acre and a half garden, you know, which we all canned at, in the winter, so you know we could make it through the winter with what um, what we had. And it was really interesting because my grandfather actually brought with him. He was a uh, immigrant from Germany when he was 16 years old. Went through the Ellis Island thing, and when and I. I say he was like an indentured servant. That's not the word for it. But he worked on a farm, saved his money, bought his own farm. And when he did, I remember as a kid when I was little that we did all this regenerative stuff. We did cover crops and we, and we did rotations. And, and then there was a huge surgence with chemicals and stuff. Like there was a Monsanto plant in the town I grew up in. So I saw a difference in the way that farming went. Well, then my parents split up. We moved to Wyoming. Gardening in Wyoming is nothing like gardening in the Midwest. I mean, there you throw a seed in, it grows rich Mississippi Delta dirt. Um, Here, there's, you know, in Natrona County, there's like five different soils across the across the county and so it was just wasn't as easy and I came to Wyoming as a teenager and so um then spent the rest of my time here went through you know the oil worked in the oil field my first husband did and and then when I married my second husband and had my son and we got into more you know just started doing a little more research about living more healthily if that's the word because my husband got sick and so how do we make it better and just changed you know eating habits and did a little more uh, research on nutrition. And I have to say, I thank my son for that because he was a wrestler. And I, I tease everyone all the time that I probably nearly killed him because we were very busy. I was working in very high stressful sales jobs. My husband had his own business. We didn't have a lot of extra time. You know, my kid, uh, we were very proud of the fact he had every McDonald's toy ever. And now when I look back at that, I, I do in presentations, I'll say, you know, I nearly killed that poor kid.
1: <laughs> what does dinner look like at this point in your life? Dinner is at breakfast for us. Okay. Now,
2: we've totally changed the way we...
1: I mean, when you were raising your son, before the wrestling epiphany, how were well, you guys putting things together? Because it is so hard.
2: It was. It was just grab something quick and get to the next event. Um, you know, because my son was very involved in, you know, all kinds of sports and, and different things. So we would get off work, grab something quick, then go. When we started thinking more about how do we change this around, then it was more about having things available to quickly heat up. So we might cook, and I've done this for a long time, but you you, you cook things like I would cook all the mise and so the bits and pieces, and then you could throw something quick together without having to take a lot of time. So that's been something I've worked on and have been doing a lot, even now, is how do I make it most efficient? Because if we want to eat, and we all eat it, you know, different times and et cetera, so um, we get the things ready, we have the, the parts in place, and then it's really easy to throw something together. But we made it, my husband and I made a huge change now in that we eat our biggest meal in the morning. And, um, it's, it's a little like dinner, actually. We have our, our uh, vegetables and all of our food groups, so to speak. Um, and our big meal is then, and then we eat smaller meals and salads and, and that sort of thing during the rest of the day. But it seems to have worked hugely in helping my husband get, um, uh, he had some thyroid issues, and it has helped him hugely in getting his metabolism back in place.
1: Have you talked to other families, too, ha- who wanted to start eating fresh or more local foods for the wellness aspect?
2: Oh, I talk to people all the time. Mainly, I talk to people when I'm, I'm um, delivering their vegetables or getting them access to vegetables or run into them at the farmer's market and... They probably are going, please stop talking. I don't know. (laughs) But actually, it isn't going to work for everybody. Everybody has to find their own thing. But I tell them what worked for us and what we've done and how successful it's been and and kind of go from there.
1: And you do seem so passionate about it, too. So when you made the leap from working in a high-stress environment to this, was that also part of your wellness journey as a whole?
2: You know, I don't think it started to be that intentionally, but I think that was a byproduct of it. Because as we, as I got out of the job and um, got older, what am I going to do now that I'm out of these high stress, you know, management positions and et cetera and we started working on access to vegetables and then it just became a lot more fun in locating producers and starting to connect with other people who had like thoughts and and so it was kind of a uh, a natural fit and we just said wow this th- you know obviously this is a need and so let's do more of it and and see how much local products that we can find and once we started that journey we found there's a lot more stuff going on than people ever give Wyoming credit for. So there can be a lot more, but there's just a lot of stuff going on in the in the state.
1: And the more hubs that you have, maybe like connection points in different cities, the more that these local businesses can thrive.
2: Ab- absolutely. When we originally thought about this and we thought, well, we'll just do this with the with the center being here in Casper and we'll just go out, but that's not the model that can work for Wyoming very well because while here in Casper we have a population that's interested in you know getting more vegetables and getting more access to local foods and etc there's not a lot of larger specifically vegetable producers you know we have lots of great gardeners and I have lots of people who are starting to do that now um, more and more here but when we first started our journey there was rarely um, anyone who who had large quantities of any sort of vegetables. But what we found after we did some studies was that the state had pockets of great vegetable agriculture and then um, but they're, they don't have a population. They're in very, very small towns very, you know, rural ar- mm-hmm. agricultural areas. So now what it is, it's really regions that we go to and then we bring that back to a central hub and then redistribute from there. And it, so it kind of evolved, um, you know, nothing how we thought we would, had planned in the very beginning. Um, Really, everything had to kind of deviate just a little bit. And, uh, you know, for the type of, of market that we have here in Wyoming.
1: As far as winter goes, does that change things significantly?
2: You know, winter is interesting here and in Natrona County, you know, we have very short growing seasons. We can have frost in June and July. We can frost in September and big storms in October, as we all know. Um, so the growing season is very short, which, which brings another passion of mine out, and that's season extension and greenhouse growing. And what we are seeing is a much more open-mindedness to, to doing more greenhouse growing and seeing what we can produce in the winter, I can get lettuces and greens all year round. I have oh, some wow. amazing growers. Grable Valley, he's got it down. And, man, he makes the best butterhead lettuce and Oakley mm. and just beautiful greens. And more and more. Lakeview Gardens and Pavilion, they're, they're greenhouse growing. Um, each one of them is a little different in how they do. Papa Joe's up in Sheridan. Um, so there's lots of more, lot. there is a lot more of that um, Idea coming out is let's let's build greenhouses. Let's grow more food um, Let's see what we can do to you know, to increase our access to local foods and improve our food systems
1: Which is a kind of a nice segue into the greenhouse project And so do you want to uh, speak like overall largely to people about what that is in case? They haven't heard about it and then we can get into it a little deeper
2: sure so the the, the business that we've developed um, where we deliver veggie boxes is Eat Wyoming, but our nonprofit that we've been involved with for probably the last 12 years is the Casper Community Greenhouse Project. And we basically really concentrated more on elementary schools. Who better to, to get into nutritious eating and growing and et cetera than elementary kids because they'll take it with them forever. And so we have a, a greenhouse at Journey Elementary at Evansville and our last one is at Park. And now we're actually embarking on a huge project to build out um, five and a half acres uh, that was um, in a generous partnership with Wyoming's Banner Health. Uh, they had an, an empty five acres right. and yeah. um, so we're we're going to build that out into teaching gardens and greenhouses. And when it's all said and done, it'll have like six greenhouses that will grow food, will be, um, you know, teaching. There'll be, there'll just be a a wide variety. It'll be a park. It'll be walking paths. It'll be a respite um, for people in the winter. It'll be, you know, a sanctuary in the summer when we get it all built out. It's going to be, it's going to be so cool.
1: (laughs) This is amazing. Any idea about a timeline?
2: Well, we just got a USDA grant to build our first greenhouse and that we're planning to hopefully have that done by the end of this year um, as soon as we get the, the greenhouse itself and then we start the build. So, you know, it doesn't look like there's a lot of things happening on the property but we have, we've spent a lot of time and effort on getting the water in. So when you look at it, it still looks blank but there's a lot of the infrastructure that's that's being done that doesn't really show above ground that's below ground but once we get this greenhouse up and people start seeing that we're you know building something then i think they'll they'll be oh my gosh something's really happening
1: <laughs> and is this going to be a community garden or is it for commercial profit
2: actually it's community well i got to be honest with you it can't be sustainable if we don't do something that we sell right. in order to keep you know the water bills paid and etc but we have a huge area of community garden that will be um, uh, parsed out for people who you know who can't have a garden in their own place or um, in our, our you know for any um, low-income uh, families who want a garden the opportunity will be there we'll also be partnering with Um, people like 4-H and we want to partner with FFA and the Ag Departments at both the high schools and the college and we've started doing some outreach for that because we really want to be able to create some farm incubation programs where they can take a certain amount of the uh, property and and grow and learn and then how do I scale this up to make a profitable farm, that sort of thing. so all of the we have five major projects that we really want to or programs that we want to um really incorporate of course farm to school the beginning farmers and farm incubation food to pantry type so access anything you know that we grow extra will go to food pantries and that sort of thing we will have you know i mean obviously we'll make we'll do some things for sustainability that will help but it will also be a really good area because the entire grounds will be landscaped, pollinator gardens, outdoor gardens, outdoor beds. Um, our plan is to put 250 apple trees on the property. And oh. so almost everything other than the windbreak should be some sort of edible or pollinator type and educational. That's our hope.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the beginning of something that could be so much bigger and a big piece of it is just showing people what's possible too. And so. Exactly. Exactly.
2: And you can do, and that's really a huge part. Um, Often people think, oh gosh, I have to have a big backyard or I have to have a big piece of land. Um, I personally grow all my vegetables in containers. And um, because we have an unusual, we have a black walnut tree in our yard. Well, vegetables don't grow under, under black walnuts, so we grow everything in containers. And so, you know, it can be anything from one container, one tomato plant on your balcony, To a backyard full of vegetables. So, you know, our hope is that everyone will will be able to figure out how they can grow food for themselves um, or have access to a place to grow it.
1: Awesome. Then did you have anything you wanted to say?
0: Yeah. So I want
2: to ask about the um,
0: community garden piece. Are they going to be able to rent an outdoor garden space or both outdoor and inside the greenhouse?
2: So outdoor right now they'll be they can rent outdoor space when we get the gardens or the greenhouses actually built there will be some that will be set aside for specific just growing of food then we'll have another one that will be um and it has always been our intent that there will be a greenhouse for people especially if they have a um uh, an outdoor bed or whatever and want to start plants that there will be space for them to to utilize the greenhouses um at the same time so the opportunities are there for in each area. Yeah. Can you go ahead and put me down for one of those? <laughs> Absolutely. You got it. Huh? My and first
0: person. <laughs> yay! Yeah. Um, so the other question that I would have is, are you going to have an active bee
2: uh, colony on the property? Do you know yet? Well, we would like to. Um, we would love to have one because our our real plan is that we want to have all these pollinators mm-hmm. and pollinator gardens and areas in there just to keep the bee population intact basically and um, I do have to check you know I got to be honest I got to check some city ordinances about that we are on five acres so I think the possibilities are great but we're we are it's always been in our wheelhouse and we've got that top of mind yeah.
1: Is there going to be a head gardener? Is this you? Who's it's a, uh, no. this is a huge. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty big operation.
2: Well, we we've got um, we've got a board, of course, that's um, active in in working on this. And then um, this grant that we got from the USDA allowed us to hire a farm manager for this property for the next three years. So um, just to get it off the ground with with the possibilities that we have going. So
1: is that to be determined?
2: Nope, the farm manager's in place, okay. um, and he was hired. He actually has a lot of experience in horticulture. Um, ran the um, the UW, um, I think greenhouse, and and did um, worked on the UW acres. So, so he's in place and he's working on the farm right now.
1: Can we announce who it is, or or? Oh, waiting? his name is
2: Eric Lovell.
1: Um, Is there anything that you think that would surprise people that you know can grow in a greenhouse in Wyoming?
2: Well, you know, there's all kinds of growing in greenhouses. So you can do a greenhouse where you're actually growing in the ground, or you can do hydroponics. Um, I just um, actually uh, visited with someone who's built a greenhouse in Pinedale, and she's been growing peppers And uh, obviously tomatoes will grow in a greenhouse and strawberries and herbs and lettuces and all of the things that are pretty normal but she's been experimenting with um, different types of cucumbers different types of peppers which are things we normally can't get in the winter here Um, which is you know that's the one thing I get asked about all the time can I get fresh and local tomatoes well we're kind of out of season Um, and you know when we get in the real depths of it but there's you know I I suppose um, everyone you know talks about the Alliance greenhouses that are their underground greenhouses that are growing for uh, oranges and limes and lemons. Um, Oranges take a little more time it's not like you can grow a whole orchard and provide lots of you know you might be able to get a tree or two. Uh, We have been growing at our Evansville greenhouse, we've been growing limes and lemons, little lime and lemon cool. trees, and they have har- harvested something like four pineapple. So that would be my most surprising. <laughs> wow. Um, they do, um, each of each of our schools um, that do greenhouses have a little different philosophy, and Evansville is kind of doing microsystems, um, and they've been doing a lot of succulents and, and cactus, and they've had an aloe vera plant bloom for months, which if you've ever seen one bloom, they're beautiful. And several of their cactus are blooming, which is very unusual, I think. So those are all the sorts of things we're hoping to bring to, to the Casper community.
1: With the popularity in farm-to-table kind of eating in restaurants, have you seen that impact
2: our retailers in town? I guess what we need to do is really educate on the sensitivity to, some, some sensitivity to pricing. Oh, that's way more expensive for me to do farm to table. On the other hand, if you buy this lettuce from me that was harvested yesterday, it's going to last you two weeks without any issue, as opposed to something that might have been harvested weeks ago. You know that that's the the beauty of bringing things a little from a little closer to home. The farm to table aspect is is picking up ground, and we're seeing a lot more interest in it. Um, some of our mainstream. That's the project that I want to work on next is wholesale markets like that and how can I bring that to more and more local farm to table in our restaurants, in our schools. We're working very hard to partner with the Wyoming Department of Education and the school districts across the state as well as um, food banks just to do more. And, and, And I should say that our main purpose is helping our farmers become sustainable. Because mm. if our farmers become sustainable and they can make a living at this, then we can have more of it, and it'll just grow exponentially. And that's really what our that's really part of the whole, the whole plan, the whole purpose.
1: Right, all the way down to local flowers, and you see it in different restaurants around the state. I mean, here it's it's happening where it's the craft beer. I see they're using a lot of local producers in restaurants mm-hmm. so i'm wondering if those collaborations are happening in other areas you, i love when you see like oh you can get local beef here on the burgers local and those things i'm willing to pay a little extra for but i get that it's also tough for restaurants to say no to something like cisco who can bring it in yeah they're cheaper
2: oh yeah. exactly and and i totally understand I owned a restaurant. I know how hard it is to to have a restaurant and make those food costs come into line. And it's a Jenga game all its own, so to Mm. speak, um, or Tetris or whatever you want to call it. It it really is a puzzle that you have to work out. But if we can start incorporating small bits and pieces at a time and beef and yak and those sorts of things are really making um, that's an easy one to do it's easy because you know do burgers we do carne asadas we do you know the, those sorts of things and so that's a, a really a good natural step now when we work on the on more of the vegetable aspect and some of that sort of thing we hope that we can make a bigger impact so we're starting to make en-roads. We're we're doing several things in some areas where we're making those deliveries and we just gotta we just gotta keep on it
1: So it sounds like you already have kind of a vision or a fantasy for what could be in the future. Is there anything we didn't touch on there that that you would like to see happen in five years?
2: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Run wild. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see, you know, our uh, Casper Community Greenhouse Project up and running with six full greenhouses running all year round you know the the landscape is uh, this beautiful park and people are wandering through everyone is ordering veggies in some manner um whether it's through a veggie box or a csa or buying local from their you know from their producers that would be would really be the vision because all of that will ultimately end in a healthier society and community so i guess that's really the five-year plan
1: Yeah, more vibrant, less disease, being just well-being too, happier. It's literally more colorful. Your life becomes more colorful when you're eating vegetables. And there's a lot of connections, like different organizations that um, you're going to be intertwined with, I'm guessing. I'm thinking master's gardeners for the education bit. Maybe you can speak more to this. But in terms of, like, just people taking up more of an interest in it, that's where different resources can kind of play together.
2: Yeah, and we have always wanted to collaborate. Um, we love working with other groups. Um, I would love to have the Master Gardeners come out and talk about the apple trees, you know, or the UW Extension. Every part of our that project on the on the five acres it is an opportunity to teach i mean from digging the holes to staking the plants i mean all of that so absolutely we want to and just to help be resources for somebody if i can't do something or if i don't have access to it i'm going to i'm going to give that information to whoever you know and let them know hey this is where you can go or hey call so and so cuz i know they know a lot about this type of thing so absolutely right. i love the collaboration
0: is there i have heard that there are so many different organizations in town that at some points in the process of that collaboration, it becomes difficult for people to figure out where do I go for different things? Everybody's seeking the same funds, right? Same um, volunteer group, that sort of thing. And that's kind of in some ways holding us back. How do you think
2: we can solve that problem? And, and you're absolutely right. There is that and there's there's a little bit of a you know it's a it's a it's a priority thing oh my gosh I don't want to collaborate because they you know because I've got a whole secure my leads my you know like you said volunteer group there is there is that but I think the only way to really get over that is to find a way for the like groups to collaborate and work together in whatever area that is and when they do that it's really, I think it'll it'll come. It'll kind of solve itself. And I've always thought that. And I've preached that for the last 12 years. And, you know, sometimes to my own detriment. I mean, I'm always willing to share. And sometimes it comes back to bite me. You know what? But you just got to move forward. And you have to look past that at the bigger picture and the bigger means to the end, so to speak. And we all want the same thing. We want a healthier, happier community and society we want to be um you know and so when we all have the same sort of vision we just have to come together and when we do it will happen so build it and they will come kind of thing (laughs) who do you see as the top
0: players in that game that kind of have that same similar mission belief structure that would all feed into each other well and of course we'll say if anyone gets accidentally left off that list it's not intentional
2: <laughs> right <laughs> oh my gosh I, I i don't know i think um you know i think working together um all of the egg you know we really want to work with the agricultural sections for the education part like the the schools and the college and the high schools and et cetera, sometimes that takes some time and effort to work. Working together, of course, with people like um, Food for Thought and and some of the, I was trying to think, the Wyoming Nonprofit Network and the Health Collective programs. I think if we all work together in that, we can find the right type of funding for all, and how can we work together and make these things happen? That's really what. If you if you want to know what the bigger bigger goal is, is that once we get everybody kind of on the same page and we're and we're working towards the same way, I think we'll we'll just find it's going to become easier and easier.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be specific. Food for thought. Master gardeners. The University Extension Office, which includes 4-H. Um, help me. Who are the
2: others? Well, the school district with their, um, I would love to get in with like Pathways Innovation. Just to give you an example, I think a career is building greenhouses. Nobody in Wyoming is building greenhouses right now. And I can tell you that they, it's a very lucrative business because a lot of people want them. And the opportunity for that is is great. So if I can get, you know, them to see the value in, it's not just a kit, Um, but there's a lot of, I mean, because there's others too. All of my greenhouses are kits, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. And if you're not an engineer, you can't read the directions, but um, the, um, you know, there's measuring and there's, there's cutting and there's all kinds of things. There's figuring out how to hook up the heating and, and cooling elements. And, and so there's lots of opportunity there. And I know from working with an outside group that it's a very lucrative business and could make, someone who wanted to take it on as a business would have an excellent opportunity. Um, So there's that. And then there's also just the growing. How do we, how do we make it sustainable? You know, farming is not is well, as you know, with restaurants, one in 10 restaurants go out of business and, you know, in a short amount of time, or maybe it's nine out of 10. I don't, you know, but it's, it's very difficult. You have to put a lot of work into it. You have to be able to, um, you know, take a few years that as it gets built, but as it gets built, then pretty soon you're, you know, getting more and more and you have to make it efficient for you. I think that's another really big thing for us to, to work on in the state of Wyoming because we're so landlocked and, and we are far away from everywhere. So how do we fix, first of all, our food system right here? And it's always been um, for us that we'll, we'll transport and we'll work and we'll work on Wyoming but then we'll help these farmers become sustainable to, to move into regional, and then from regional to national, and then and so forth. Um, and how do we do that? You know, how do we how do we help create some economic development in co-packing plants and um, and other types of agricultural businesses that we can you know um, have opportunities. So it can go.
0: This has been Report to Wyoming, presented in the public interest by Town Square Media.